welcome to the premiere episode of The Exploding Tire. You're thinking to yourselves, Scott, what the what the hell are you doing? Well, the answer is I'm doing a short news-focused show that will show up every week regarding Overwatch. It's going to be quick and dirty, fast and loose. Not a lot of uh, discussion, although occasionally we'll have an interview here and there. But the idea is to cover all the major happenings in the world of Overwatch, be that its development, its community, its esports efforts, all of those things combined, and you'll get one each and every week. How will it go? I don't know. I just decided to crank this thing off and go for it. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. All right, starting us off, Blizzard is planning Overwatch League-specific in-game items. That seems cool. They've been pretty busy the last couple of weeks, getting ready for BlizzCon, talking about what's going on with all that stuff, and uh, mainly getting ready for the inaugural Overwatch League. San Francisco's team's roster was announced last week. I don't know if you saw the appearances by Shaq, J-Lo, Marshawn Lynch, those guys. Anyway, two more uh, teams were released or revealed this week as well. Shanghai Dragons and the Dallas Fuel. You know, because they they mine oil down there. Get it? Fuel? The Dallas Fuel? Anyway, nestled in those last two announcements, though, um, there's some pretty cool branded jerseys on uh, characters like Genji and Mei. And everybody went, whoa, what? What the heck is that? So these skins are an indication of what's going to be happening in the Overwatch League. That is to say, uh, we expect to see Overwatch characters wearing the colors and the uniforms of the teams they're playing for. So, if you've got players playing for the Dallas Fuel, they will look like players from the Dallas Fuel. Uh, We are honored to collaborate with the Overwatch development team and Team Envy to announce the Dallas Fuel's visual identity with a custom Genji skin for demonstration purposes. Uh, They said this last week, uh, and it was a league representative. Quote, we look forward to sharing more information about Overwatch League-affiliated in-game items in the coming months. Now, whether that means you, as a big fan of any of these teams, will be able to turn around and buy these in the game or earn them in some other way through loot boxes or whatever, I don't know. My thinking is maybe if somebody wins the championship, you might. They do that with Heroes of the Storm, so that might happen here. But the idea of team-specific jerseys, basically in competitive games is pretty compelling and I really like the idea. So we'll see what happens. You guys can let me know what you think. Scott at frogpants.com. The October schedule is out. Overwatch Pacific Championship broadcast from the Blizzard E-Stadium in Taipei will uh, complete its regular season and head into the playoffs uh, for its Season 2 champions on October 6th. That's today. So this might be old news by the time you hear this episode. I don't know. But Overwatch Contenders Season 1 also reaches its final checkpoint this month. You can join them for the NA and EU playoffs October 7th and 8th. So that is uh, this weekend also, Saturday and Sunday. APAC Premier kicks off on October 19th. So we jump ahead a little bit. Teams from Europe and the United States, South Korea, and Asia Pacific will join four Chinese teams in this, what will probably be a pretty epic intercontinental showdown. I am definitely tuning in for that. Overwatch Apex heats up as some of South Korea's finest players continue to fight for their dominance of the fourth season. Do we think this is all going to culminate in a world that is all Korean dominated once again? Probably. I mean, that's okay though, right? <laughs> they they have their fans. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody else do well this year. But this is a big year, man. We're all going to get to BlizzCon and go, all right, show us what you've got, Overwatch. Let's see if all of this planning, all this money, all these big name teams being formed, all this stuff, was it all worth it? Did it culminate into a fantastic BlizzCon and beyond? 
Blizzard has a lot to live up to. I do not envy anybody on that team right now who might be thinking uh, it's their job to do this stuff because the pressure is enormous. The Overwatch Halloween Tear 2017 event is coming. New and returning skins for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and of course PC. If you're looking forward to the return of last year's Dr. Junkenstein business, get excited because the event is on the 10th. That's next week. And uh, October 10th through November 2nd is the uh, current planned run for that thing. Didn't they go a little longer last year? Seems like they did. It was that or some other event went long, and I don't remember which one it was. Pretty sure maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe both did. So thin details in terms of what to expect. There is this little teaser video that was released, but we know it will feature the return of Junkrat's Revenge or Dr. Junkenstein or whatever the hell it was called. The wave-based survival mode thing that you would play with your friends. Will any of that be tweaked? Will the map be any different? Will the layout or the pathing of the bots be any different? Uh, Are there any surprises in there? A lot of that stuff we don't know and we won't know until that hits on the 10th. But what you can really get excited about are new, legendary, Halloween-themed character skins. This includes new skins for McCree and Reaper. McCree is wearing uh, what looks like... um, uh, Who do you call that dude that kills vampires? Forgot his name. Van Helsing. That's who he looks like. And then you got your Reaper, which is basically just a skeleton head Reaper, which is kind of cool. Um, there were likely more, but they didn't show those. So we don't know anything else. We just know that if it's anything like their recent events, they're expected to bring back all the skins from the last time, like they did with the Summer Games, and you'll be able to buy those at a cheaper price. So less credits for those. They should also, uh, I think they will also drop during loot box drops. I'm not 100% on that. And they haven't confirmed that, but that's what happened with the Summer Games. So, in theory, you'll be able to buy, uh, use credits to buy last year's less expensive Halloween costumes and be able to roll for them in boxes uh, for the new stuff and the old stuff. All very exciting. All super stoked. At least I am. Me and my kids, we're going to play. Let's do it. Let's go. Overwatch's latest PTR update is kind of weird huge change to mercy now you might say to yourself scott we know about mercy and her changes she's had some changes of late some pretty big ones her ultimate was turned into something completely different and she was given a new ability to resurrect people on a cooldown uh but only a single person at a time so valkyrie changed quite a bit but her ultimate went from hey i'm gonna res everybody within this radius to now i can fly and i have an unlimited non-reloadable ammo during that time now, after that change, one of the nice features was when you when you popped that ultimate, it reset Mercy's Valkyrie, which was nice because that meant if you found somebody who was dead and needed your help, you could immediately swoop down and save them because your cooldown was reset. Now, with this change on the PTR, that thing is on its own cooldown. It is not affected at all by the ultimate. So when you pop that ultimate, it stays down until it comes back around. Um, the advantage of being able to use it, however... During, so if you've timed it right and you have your resurrection ability on E, it's on E, right? Yeah. Uh, On the keyboard anyway. Uh, When you have that available and ready to go, then all is well because uh, you get another benefit from that. Uh, You get, let's see right here. It no longer has any effect that on that skills cooldown timer. Instead, it doubles the resurrection range. So you can get a lot closer to people without getting closer to them. Does that make sense? 
So somebody's laying there dead. Normally, you have to get up within a certain range of that body. You resurrect them, and off you go. During the uh, the the ultimate, you can be a little further away. So that's the deal there. Anyway, these changes are coming right before the Halloween event, uh, which I you know obviously they have a reason for this. It seems like an interesting bit of balancing going on. I really like her changes, but I have to admit I'm a little bummed about this particular nerf. Time will tell, but yeah, mercy. Not getting too much mercy this week. Finally today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the recent goings-on with Jeff Kaplan. Um, There was a ban earlier this week on the forum that freaked some people out. I think it's in keeping with their recent uh, efforts to sort of attack toxic behavior and some of the stuff that Jeff talked about in the recent developer video. I'm going to play a little bit of that in a second so we can kind of get some context for this. But how this all worked out on the forum was this. Um, And again, right after Jeff Kaplan got on video and said, yo, quit being so toxic. We're working on ways to make that better. Uh, Somebody on the Overwatch forum posted, I'm not going to use names, but posted a post talking about game balance and complaining about the game's balance and went a little too far in the estimation of Jeff Kaplan and probably the entire team. He said, quote, the balancing team needs replacement, in my humble opinion, the user wrote. This is outrageous. It's basically a call for the replacement of whoever the balance team uh, directors are on the game. Kaplan had had enough of this. This was like one thing too many, or perhaps in keeping with a a newer, more stringent plan to attack players, not attack players, deal with players who are being buttholes, and they fired back with a forum ban. In fact, here's what he said. Make a productive post, either clearly stating an issue that you're having, or make a productive suggestion, Kaplan wrote. He went on to say, we won't tolerate demands of people being replaced on the forums. See you in 30 days. Oh, man. So if you wonder what kind of mood he's in, here, let me play this. To date, in Overwatch, we have taken disciplinary action against over 480,000 accounts. And 340,000 of those were a direct result of players using the reporting system. So you can see the vast majority of actions we take are because players have said, hey, there's another player here doing something very bad, and and I want to see some action. All right. So they've they've made all sorts of of, uh, internal changes to accommodate this. I mean, geez, dude. Look, the world of esports, competitive video games, guess what? Toxic as hell and it sucks. I would much rather have the company talking about ways they're trying to fix it than ignoring it altogether. And there are plenty of examples of companies who are just ignoring that stuff altogether. Or they don't have the staff for it or they don't have the the bandwidth or whatever it is to to appropriately address that stuff. But companies as big as Blizzard, and I would include in that list uh, Riot and, uh, and, and Valve and others who've got a big stake in esports, they have to actively be thinking about this and doing things about it. And it would be nice when I'm in a video game whether it's World of Warcraft or Overwatch, have the feeling that what I have experienced is being listened to and therefore action is being taken when appropriate. Now, I don't expect action to be taken every time for everybody. I rarely report, but when I do, I really mean it. And I've found an example or a case where it's real bad. And it sounds like they're trying to figure out ways to make sure we understand that it's it's worthy of our time to do it. Otherwise, you have people who just don't report because they think nobody's listening and it just goes into the void. I think that's really important for them uh, to get that figured out. And I'm glad that they're working on it. Let's jump ahead to a couple of quick emails. Actually, just one this week. Uh, again, our first episode. Got an uh, email about Overwatch. that They don't even know the show exists. They didn't know I was doing this, but they send it in anyway to scott at frogpants.com. His name is Max. And he says, Scott, where do you see the future of the game? I was talking about Overwatch in the subject line. Do you think they will ever work on a dedicated single-player slash story mode 
would that take uh, closer to its Titan roots? And how much would you pay for a periodic single-player DLC in Overwatch? All right, we'll answer each one of these. I mean, the, the broad question of where do I see the future of this game, I do think the future is uh, more nuanced than just here's multiplayer battles, go for it. I think there'll be a lot more to it than that. But as far as them working on dedicated single-player experiences, I mean, I don't know. I don't have any indication that they would, except I would want it. So to answer your other question, would I would I play that? Absolutely, I would. I would pay for that and play that. Um, you know, if they're not including it as a... As a uh, some people will balk at if it was a thing that cost money, but I would see it as this nice extra that I'm willing to pay for. That's something I would find value in. So absolutely, I would. Whether or not it takes it closer to its Titan roots, who knows? I mean, all we really know about Titan is Overwatch was spawned from it. It's likely a lot of these characters were like hero characters in that world. And we did their bidding and did their stuff. But uh, now we get to play them. Beyond that, who knows? I do know that the Junkenstein stuff reminds me of what a, a, a small raid would feel like. And uh, got me thinking about what that might have been like. But yeah, story-based, uh, progression-based uh, single-player mode in the game. Absolutely, I'd pay for it. Who wouldn't? If you wouldn't pay for that, you're crazy, and I don't actually believe you. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for this inaugural episode of The Exploding Tire. Thank you all for being here. And for anyone who doesn't understand the reference, it, it's Junkrat's Tire, man. The coolest alt in the game. Come on. Let's get with it. Let's understand each other. Let's come closer to one another, hold hands, and talk about what's real. His Exploding Tire is badass and the best alt in the game. Uh, you can find this show and, and all the details uh, pertaining to it at frogpants.com slash exploding tire. You can email me questions for the show at scott at frogpants.com. And you can find the show on Twitter, brand new Twitter account, exploding tire on Twitter. That's exploding tire on Twitter. You can support this show over at the Frogpants Patreon. If you are so inclined, you can see that at uh, patreon.com slash frogpants. That'll do it for me. Thank you all for being here. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the exploding tire. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.